This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This is the Everything is Black and White podcast brought to you by Chronicle Live, bringing you the latest insight on everything to do with Newcastle United. You can find us on iTunes, Acast, Spotify, or most podcast providers. Hello and welcome to the Everything is Black and White podcast. I'm Andrew Musgrove and it's time for our weekend preview. Newcastle United travelled down to the King Power to take on Leicester City on Sunday. I'm joined by Leicestershire Live's Jordan Blackwell, who's the correspondent uh, for the club there. And we're going to get the kind of insight into Leicester. It's been a fantastic start for them so far. Jordan, thank you very much for joining us. No problem, Andrew. Um, we'll start with... Last night, the, the the League Cup, a very good win for Leicester. Um, can you tell us what kind of team Brendan Rodgers put out? Was it um, full of the full of stars that you expect to start on Sunday? Um, no, he made seven changes, which uh, was a little bit surprising. I think the, I mean, you will have seen that the, they didn't make too many changes um, for the for the previous round against Newcastle, um, and I think there's been a very it's been very key that they, they want to take the cup seriously uh, this year, but playing against uh, a Luton team that have got their focus on um, championship survival. I think they made 10 changes uh, that allowed Leicester to, to make seven changes. So we saw a debutant at right back. We saw uh, Danny Ward, the second choice goalkeeper making his first appearance of the season. We saw a few players that have maybe played once or twice uh, so far this season. So no, there were a few changes, but they were still able to come away with a, a fairly routine win and um, a, a confidence boost for, for those players that have been on the fringes. Ricardo, uh, he scored the winner against Spurs on the weekend and he was he said after the game that's kind of about momentum and you want to take in that, that victory against Spurs you know, into further fixtures and I guess a win against Luton, yes it's in the League Cup, yes it's against a low opposition but it is all about momentum and given the start of the season that I've had it's, it's a welcome win and it, it'll take Leicester in on a high to, to, to Sunday? Yeah, I think that momentum's always been a big thing at Leicester. I think if you speak to any of the the players that are still at the club from the time when they won the league, I think a lot of them will say that the the fact that they were able to build the momentum and get you know win a few games in a row just helped them. It just you you just keep going if you like. Um, so yes, the fact that Leicester have been able to to keep a little run going, um, you know, win off the back of that uh, that Spurs victory um, will help them going into Newcastle. But it's a it is a game that they've they've not done too well in over the past couple of seasons. So I think they'll also be quite wary of that. James Madison looks like he's going to be missing. Uh, he was injured in the game against Spurs. How big of a blow will that be to Leicester? Oh, uh, huge. Um, he is, um, without a doubt, one of uh, Leicester's uh, best players. Probably the, you know, other than Jamie Vardy, probably the most high pro- high profile player at the minute as well. Um, he's been very very good uh, at the start of this season. Um, perhaps unfortunate that he's not yet made his his England debut. Um, but I think it, yeah, it will be a blow. I think he's. He's the one player that's on Jamie Vardy's wavelength 
Um, he knows how to play the passes uh, to get Jamie Vardy in behind, which is Leicester's you know, um, sort of main attacking threat. Um, his set piece delivery as well will be missed. You know, he, he's delivering cracking free kicks and corners all the time, um, which makes Leicester a, a, a threat at, at set plays. Um, so, yes, he will be a, a big miss. I think Dennis Pratt's played alongside Yuri Tielemans last night. I think he's probably the likeliest um, player to come in. I think his, he's, a, he's a different type of player to Madison. He's more of an all-round midfielder rather than Madison being an attacking midfielder. Um, and he won't dribble with the ball as much as um, Madison does, but he, he's keen to sort of make late runs into the box and that kind of player. And I think maybe we'll see him get forward and support Jamie Vardy with perhaps Tielemans trying to drop uh, balls in over the top or in behind. Um, so, yes, it'll probably be a slightly... Newcastle will probably be facing a slightly different midfield than they than they would have expected to. Let's talk about Jamie Vardy. Obviously, not involved with England, and it seems to have given him a new lease of life. Um, he's already scored a, a few good goals this season. Um, I mean, how important is he to what Leicester are trying to achieve this season? Well, he's certainly very crucial to Rogers. I think under the a previous management under Claude Puel, I think he was trying to build a a system that could operate with any players. Um, whereas Rogers is very much saying we are building a system to make Jamie Vardy score goals. Um, so he is very key. As you say, I think he's, he's looked sharp at the start of this season. Normally he's one of those players that builds into the season, um, but he's looked sharp this season. He didn't for the first summer since I think it was 2014, he didn't have any England um, games. So he had a full preseason with Leicester and I think he registered his best um, fitness times in preseason. Um, you know, even at the, you know, the age of 32, when we probably expect players to, to start decreasing in terms of their physical output. Um, but he's um, no, he's been very sharp. He's um, I think he's scored three goals already. I think he's got 12 goals in 16 games, I think, under under Brendan Rodgers since Rodgers came in um, in February. Um, so, yes, he's very, he is the focal point. Everything is geared towards providing him with chances. Um I think Rogers would say he wants more chances for Vardy. I think the fact that Vardy's got three goals already is because he's been very clinical. Um, so I think, yes, I think he is he is key and he is the man that the Newcastle centre-backs will have to keep a keen eye on. And do you think the likes of Jamal Lasalle and Fabian Chair, will they be able to keep him quiet? Because, like I say, he does seem to be in really good form and he just knows where the goal is. And it, with Newcastle low on confidence... I'm sure that's something Leicester will try and take advantage of, you know, and and, and punish Newcastle. And um, it's going to be a tough day for the centre backs. Yes, but I think if you if they if they sit deep, which we've seen over the past couple of seasons, that that Newcastle have actually dealt really well when they've come to they've come to Leicester. Um, if you sit deep and you limit the space in behind um, for Vardy, they're there aren't as many options for Leicester's midfielders. Um, you know, there isn't as much space to, to drop a ball over the top. Um, and I think, yes, I think and that in those sorts of scenarios, Vardy's not too much of a threat. Vardy is, he is a striker that needs service. Um, so I don't think he's going to be impossible to, to deal with. And I think it's, it'll be a case probably for Newcastle of making sure their defenders don't get dragged out towards the to mid towards the midfield uh, and sort of restricting the space um, that uh, that Vardy has. Of course, then there might be more space for Leicester's midfielders, but with James Madison unlikely to play, that's probably not a, as uh, as big a deal either. Um, so 
yes, I think although Vardy is in very good form, I think in the right setup, Newcastle probably could uh, keep him quiet. Leicester have started the season really well, tipped by some, including Alan Shearer, to, to break into the top four. Um, how is Brendan Rodgers dealing with that kind of, it's not expectation, but the kind of the view of how well Leicester have done so far and where they might actually end up this season? Um, you know, going into games like this where they are favourites to win, does he deal with that pressure quite well? Um, yeah, Rodgers tries to play it down quite a lot. Um, the the players I've spoken to quite often say that they are aiming to get into Europe this season. Um, but Rodgers is always always says, it's, you know, I'm focusing on game by game. I just want to focus on the performances. I think he said before, if they can get into Europe by the end of his time here, that would be his aim. So, you know, that's on his, on his three-year contract. So at some point over the next three years, um, so he's he's playing it down a little bit. Um, I think he's I think he's, he he deals quite well with the pressure. I think I think he's learnt enough from his experiences that you know in the championship and then with Swansea, Liverpool, Celtic, to you know to to understand the types of pressure that you have when you are favourites. You know, particularly with Celtic, where nearly every game for for three years um, they were overwhelming favourites. Um, but it is a tr- traditionally Leicester have struggled when they are favourites, um, generally because they are a team that, even now, even you know three years after the the title win, they are a team that prefers to to play quick counter-attacking football. Um, and when they are favourites, occasionally teams will sit deeper and restrict the space um, for the attacking players, and they they do occasionally struggle with that. That's been Rogers' task to try and solve that. Um, he's done a decent job, I think. Yuri Tielemans has arrival sort of on loan in uh, January that that helped um, and obviously now he's now there permanently um, so yes I think he, he he understands that the it's all well and good beating Spurs um, but you have to then beat the teams you're expected to, to beat otherwise you're not going to make any progress up the league um, so yeah I think he's, he's fully aware of that let's talk about Newcastle from kind of your view and what you've maybe seen in Newcastle this season Um is there a man who stands out for you as someone that Leicester will have to keep quiet? Um, I, I would say Joel Linton is probably a, a different striker to to the ones that Leicester have had to deal with so far this season. Um, I think it will be interesting to see him up against Soyuncu. Um, I think he is... Soyuncu's got a bit of a... A rash streak about him, uh, although he's done a very good job in replacing um, Maguire. He can sometimes, you know, he's, he's, he likes to nibble at the strikers. He likes to get his foot in. And he'll he'll leave one in early. Uh, he's always at risk of a booking, I would say. Um, so if there's a strike, if if Jolins is a sort of striker that can that can wind him up a little bit, then you know uh, Newcastle would get some joy from that. I would say. Um, I think you just have to. He, He's not got quite a cool head yet. He's still fairly young for a centre-back. Um, so, yes, I would say that's that's an area that Newcastle could potentially exploit. Um, in terms of elsewhere, I think if Leicester's midfield, uh, it looks like they'll probably stick with just Wilfred Ndidi as one defensive midfielder, um, with Dennis Pratt and Yuri Tielemans ahead of him. Um, so, if they can overwhelm Ndidi and give him too much to do um, then that'll be another area that, that Newcastle could see some joy but generally Leicester's defence has been very very good this season um, it's 
if there have if there have been any struggles, it's been um, it's been in attack. Let's talk about Iosi Perez then, a kind of a, a more mind character at Newcastle. Um, often received what I thought was unfair abuse for maybe starting the season a little bit too late in terms of getting the goals. Um, but obviously secured a, a big mo- summer move to Leicester, um, a big loss I think to Newcastle at least in in, in my opinion. How has he settled in there down at the King Power? Um, he settled in okay. He looked really sharp in pre-season. He looked like he'd, he'd be a really good, um, you know, asset. I think Rogers was very clear from the start of the summer that he wanted a he wanted a player that could play on the wing but would always be coming inside uh, and had a goal threat. And Perez is that man. Um, played really well, looked really sharp in pre-season, I think scored a couple of goals, linked play really well. Uh, then the season started and it's he's kind of gone off the boil, um, which you know, I know from speaking to people at Newcastle and you know reading, that is something that does happen with him. Um, but he seems, yeah, he, he seems to have fallen down the pecking order a little bit, perhaps because of that. I think he played the first four games um, and, you know, he's still not got a goal or an assist. And then he was dropped. Um, and he was, yeah, I think he was left out for a couple of games. He came back in for the for the win against um, Spurs. And he, again, he, he looked he looked OK, but you probably still rank him as one of Leicester's weakest performers. Um, last night against Luton, he played in the central striker role, which is the first time he's played that role uh, at Leicester. He's always been on the right uh, previously. Um and he looked he looked pretty good. He provided a decent focal point. I think he I think he he, he scored a, an offside goal, but I think replays suggested he probably was onside, and he, he helped set up the first goal as well. So it was a little bit better. Um, he seems to have settled in okay. I think I spoke to him at this, the sort of halfway through pre-season, and he seemed like he was really enjoying it at the club. That's it's just that's not quite translated to performances in the Premier League just yet. I think one of the main issues with present Newcastle was that he did a lot of the dirty work, did a lot of the work that went unnoticed. And I think it was against Sheffield United, if I'm not mistaken, where um, I think Vardy scored, but it was because the, the, the play started when Perez, I think, closed the ball down and then it ended up yep. Vardy scoring. And that was something that I don't think got picked up on Match of the Day or on, on social media. And it's, do you think that's an issue, them little things that, that you know you or I may spot because you know we're kind of paid to watch the whole game? And we notice some things, and maybe that doesn't get picked up by the fans. You know that that real important work which doesn't grab the headlines. Yeah, possibly. But I, th- I think I mean, Rogers was very clear that when Perez arrived, he pointed to the fact that he's really good at pressing the game. Um, you're absolutely right. That was that goal came about because not only because of Vardy's finish and Madison's pass, but because Perez won the ball high up the pitch. Um, that's that's something that Rogers has pointed out that he can he does win the ball uh, back in the you know in the uh, the opposition's half. Um, I think it's something that occasionally doesn't get noticed by fans, but I think Leicester fans have been uh, very appreciative of Mark Albrighton over the past few years. And I think a lot of them would describe him as a hard-working wide man. I think a lot of Leicester fans like Albrighton because he because he tries so hard, uh, because he's always quick to close the game, because he always um, gets back and does his he does the defensive duties, he does the dirty stuff as well as getting on the ball. So I don't think that sort of thing will go unnoticed by Leicester fans because I think they've become used to appreciating those sorts, you know, appreciating that work rate. Um, but I think because Leicester have such 
quality out wide and you know they do have you know a, a few options Perez almost has to do more than that he has to be providing the goals and assists Rogers said from the moment he came in he's he's looking at he's looking at his wide players to get involved with goals and assists um so if Perez isn't providing those Rogers will turn to Albright and Damari Gray Harvey Barnes is, is probably uh, secured his spot on the left hand side um so yes he needs to he needs to add attacking output to those to that defensive work rate are we seeing that you probably start on the bench on Sunday do you think oh it's the it's it's the trickiest decision I would say in terms of the starting lineup I think it's uh, I think he, he yes I'll say he'll be on the bench I think either uh Gray or Albrighton will start on the right wing um with Barnes on the left and Perez to come on uh in the second half and injury wise, I mean, other than Madison, are we are we expecting a full strength Leicester City team? Yes, yeah. There's no other problems unless anything crops up um, in training this week. But um, obviously, a few players were able to be rested um, on uh, in the cup against Luton, so they should all be should be fit and ready. The likes of Suyuncu, Chilwell, Ricardo, uh, Vardy were all all had a night off um, so they should be fresh uh, for Sunday uh, but yeah there's not other than Madison there's, there aren't any injury worries so it will be um, it will be a close to full strength Leicester team and Just finally let's just talk about the kind of the ambition at Leicester because it's always funny I think Leicester and Newcastle maybe draw a few comparisons I think when uh, people point to when Leicester were maybe in League 2 and Newcastle were doing alright in the Premier League and how obviously the roles have changed and Leicester were in the Premier League and how far Newcastle have slipped behind. We had many links to Rafa Benitez, you know, when he was here at Newcastle with Leicester apparently being interested. And some said, oh, well, you know, Leicester's not a big club. Why would he go there? And we also had Brendan Rodgers linked to the Newcastle United job before he went to Leicester. There's lots of little kind of side stories. Mm-hmm. And I guess the difference is that ambition from, from, the, from the club's owners. Yeah, I think that's the thing. I think the Leicester ownership now, they're now the chairman is now... Um, Kuntop, uh, the the son of uh, Kumvishai, who um, died in the helicopter crash last October, um, but the family, the Shwatanapapa family, have always said that they they want to make Leicester City one of the the biggest clubs in Europe. They're, you know, they're building this uh, new training ground, which is going to be eighty to hundred million pounds, and it's going to open next summer, and it's going to be um, you know state of the art. They're planning to to develop the stadium. Um, and you know, increase the capacity by ten thousand. Um, they they are very clear that they want Leicester to be a top club. Um, I think they're fully aware that it's probably going to be a gradual process. Um, it's not the sort of thing that can be done overnight, particularly when you know, we've seen each summer over the past you know five years that Leicester have lost one of their big players to one of the top six clubs. Um, so they're they're not quite at a bit yet. They're not quite at a point yet where they are an elite club. Um, but that's certainly the the plan is to to reach that level. Um, it seems totally different to to Newcastle. Obviously, there's a there's a lot more investment um, in the in the playing squad here. There, there wasn't so much over the summer when you when you factor in the the 80 million pound sale of Maguire and and then what that meant for net spend. I think Leicester probably only had a net spend of about 20 million. Um, in the summer after after Maguire's eighty million pound sale, so but generally yes, over the past four or five seasons they've, they've heavily invested in the the Premier League squad, um, and that's generally the 
that investment has been good. I think that only the summer after they won the league, where the, the recruitment was uh, was underwhelming, um, but generally they've they've got a good scouting team, so they're, they're picking up the right players for good prices. Um, so yeah, I think everything's looking up, and I think that the club as a whole are all um, looking to that elite group, that elite top six, and thinking we can establish ourselves in that. And just finally, then your score prediction for Sunday. Oh, uh, I am going to be confident and I will say uh, 2-0 to Leicester. Well, there you have it. Thank you, Jordan, for joining us. Uh, We're going to be joined by Mark Douglas and Lee Ryder in just a moment. We hope you've enjoyed this episode so far. Just a quick reminder to please subscribe and review to our podcast through iTunes, Spotify or whichever podcast provider you listen through. Now joined by Mark Douglas. Uh, Leicester on Sunday, Mark. Given their start, it's a bit of a scary one, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I mean Newcastle have got a good good record up there. They've obviously won the last two times they've played. They've played there under uh, Benitez, but it's probably a bit of a different challenge. I think going there with Leicester with their their tails up and Newcastle obviously looking probably to to kind of put last weekend's sort of horror show to to bed. Um, I, I think ironically it might actually be a better game for Newcastle than a sort of winnable fixture that you'd say, you know, another home game that they needed to, they needed to win something with. Going away probably will shut up shop. I know there's been a fair bit of a fair bit of sort of laughter about the fact that that Newcastle aren't are going to sort of go back to basics, and that seems to be the the, the message coming from the club. Uh, but you know that's what they're good at, and and if they can defend particularly well, like say say two banks of kind of, well, a bank of five and then three at the back, two wing backs sort of patrolling down either side. You know, you could th- you could see them maybe frustrating Leicester a little bit. Um, it's a young side. Leicester have got, obviously, they've been really good against teams that have come and attacked them. So Tottenham have done that. Um, but Newcastle did okay against Leicester in the, in the League Cup game and it was a, a pretty strong Leicester team. So I don't think it's quite the uh, impossible job that maybe Liverpool away was. Um, but it's obviously a really tough fixture. You mentioned they're going back to basics. Uh, Steve Bruce kind of said, you know, um, we're going to stop going on the front foot. That, like you said, did get quite a reaction from certain fans saying, well, what front foot? Against Leicester, um, I, I suppose given the, the wealth of talent, even though they the are going to be missing Madison, it looks like, you can't really leave yourself open um, and, and kind of pile everyone forward. Well, I don't think they'll... I don't think they're ever going to plan to do that away from home. To be fair, because you know they don't really have the players to to necessarily do that. Um, but I think the, the, the Newcastle made a rod for their own back, really. With Lee Charlie's program notes said that you know this team was going to be on the was going to go on the front foot, and that's what Steve Bruce wanted to do. You know, Bruce said it himself. You know that they'd like to be a bit more expansive, players slightly different way because he thought. We've got Alan Maximum coming in. We've got Miguel Almiron. We've got Joel Linton who can possibly play that way as well. But I think it's been a bit of a rude awakening, really, hasn't it? But it, we all kind of knew, looking at the team and what they were, what they had done, what they'd done well, that it wasn't going to be quite as simple as just slight tactical twi- tactical tweaks. Because it's not it's not just in the Premier League about what you want to do. Because Newcastle might have wanted to play a bit more attacking, a bit more expansive, and I think they did try to do that on Saturday, but. You've got a factor in the opposition. Unfortunately, Steve Bruce hasn't been a Premier League manager for a good few years. Um, Lee Charnley 
isn't a Premier League manager. Um, you know, the trends in this in this division have, have gone a certain way. And I think what's happened is that Newcastle have found that the way that they want, the way that they thought they could transform their style of play hasn't, just hasn't worked because they haven't got the, the players. They haven't had long enough to work on it in pre-season. Bear in mind, you know, Steve Bruce getting a hell of a lot of criticism, but he came in with three weeks to the, to the start of the season. He didn't get a proper pre-season. He didn't even get the chance to plan a pre-season. He went, he went, he was over in China um, for the second game. He didn't even get the first game in China. They didn't play enough matches. They didn't get a chance to work on shape, tactics, all those kind of things. So he's had to do all of that. You know, I, I think somebody somebody said to me, you know, this is eight weeks he's been in the job now. And that is pre-season, really. That's a pre-season. So he's had the pre-season. This is almost like the pre-season was up to the Brighton game. But nobody's going to have any sympathy for him because, you know, he took the job knowing exactly what the remit was. But that means that they're kind of, and you can see it, they're kind of, you know, doing things on the hoof a little bit. I mean, Saturday, the first half, they changed formation three times and it looked like a manager who was sort of grasping to try and get an idea of what the best thing was. Yeah, give him credit for the fact that they did change things. He could have just said, no, I'm going to stick with it. But he did change things. But it, it wasn't a good look. Um, and I think that what you'll see on Saturday, on Sunday, sorry, is more of a, this is the way we're going to play. And it will be a lot more um, make, you know, making them difficult to beat because that's probably where this team is the best. Talking about changes, reports that uh, Almiron may make way, may drop to the bench, kind of depending on whether Alan St. Maxman's fit. Mm. Let's talk about Almiron again. He probably should have scored against Brighton. People are saying his confidence looks shot, but I don't. I don't see that. He, he's still keen. He's still uh, willing to run, and he's still getting in them positions. Um, what do you make of his confidence, and do you think he will be rested on Sunday? I think he he might be because if they go a bit more defensive, then they might they might decide to to go with Joe Linton on his own up front, and then as you said, it could be St. Maximum could be even you know Atsu could get that could get that rolling behind him. They could choose to bring in an extra midfielder to kind of strengthen that to strengthen that area. It can be a bit harsh, to be honest with you. Um, I don't think he's had a brilliant start to the season. You know, you mentioned the chance that he had. I don't think he ever really looked like he was going to score. But I thought, I thought in the second half in particular, he 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 really. I thought he started to play quite well, um, and he actually looked pretty good with St. Maximum. I think don't think it's his fault that Jalinton's been so isolated. But I think what it does reflect is the fact that. Um, Jalinton, Atsu and Almiron were asked to press quite high up the pitch and they didn't do that. Um, so it might be just the case that Steve Bruce is going, well, I asked you to do something, you didn't do it, you're going to have to pay the consequences of not playing. He can't drop Jalinton because he hasn't got anybody else. Um, Atsu at the moment, he hasn't got anybody else to play in that role. So it might just follow that Almiron's the full guy. I, mean, I haven't seen a lot of Leicester, but from what I've seen, it's it, they seem to play in the manner that Rafa Benitez often like to play Press from press the, the opposition and then hit on the counter. You've got Vardy, you've mm. got the speed. Um, kind of maybe how Newcastle or Steve Bruce is now trying to set up, like you've mentioned there. You know, press the opposition and then set Joe Linton or you know Almiron away. Um, Leicester doing it very well. Newcastle United seemingly not. Yeah, they've got better players, haven't they? At the moment, you know, you have to say that as I, I know there'll be a lot of people listening to this who. We'll remember, and I mean, you know, obviously we all remember because it wasn't that long ago that Leicester were in the third division, as it was, old money. Newcastle were in the Premier League, doing pretty well in the Premier League at the time. Um, I think the season that Newcastle finished fifth 
Leicester are in the third division, maybe, or, or struggling in the championship. But, you know, they've, they are now a much healthier Premier League football club than Newcastle United. And to be fair, that's because they had a one, in, one season in a million, um, I think one season in a billion, to be honest with you, the way they won the league. And they've used the money, they've used the money wisely. They've also had owners, um, obviously one of them who, who passed away tragically last year, but they've also got owners who are willing to put their own money in and not looking for a return. They're exactly what we would like at Newcastle, good owners who who put money in, who do things to try and engage with the supporters. Exactly what we want at Newcastle United. You've, Newcastle don't have that. So they, they've moved on, they've got, they've got better players. And you can see that, I think what's what's interesting is that they've you know they've they've changed with because Rogers is a good coach. He, he knows that how to play to strengths. Um, you know, probably the Liverpool job in the end was a little bit too big for him. Maybe he wasn't quite at that level because you can see what Jurgen Klopp's done with them. But bear in mind, he nearly won the league a few years ago. He's a very very good coach. Newcastle were Newcastle were very interested in taking him from Celtic. I think if if they felt the raffle was going, um, and he would have been a great fit up here. I think he would have. I think. You know there would have been some more enthusiasm for that appointment than there than there was for the um, Steve Bruce one, and I think they're just playing to their strengths. The, the shackles have come off a little bit there. They're not afraid. They're not afraid of of sort of taking teams on a little bit. Madison's a good player. Newcastle could have had Madison, by the way. Vardy's an established Premier League goal scorer now. Um, they've got others in there. You know, Wilfred and Didi, another player who Newcastle tried to sign or were, were interested in as well. They were in the Championship at the time. Um, and, you know, I think everybody knew when that job came up, you know, Brendan Rodgers was in for it. Rafa really wanted that job. I'm sure we can all say it now. He really wanted that job. I'm sorry he did. You know, it, it, he was keen to go up to get that job because he knew that it was, I think everybody knew that that was a rich inheritance that you were going to get, a good team that you've got already. They knew they were going to sell Maguire and probably have a bit of money to play with as well, which is what they've got. So, you know, third in the league is probably a little bit above par for them at the moment, but they're a team that plays to their strengths. It's got pace. It's got um, it's got a bit of you know a bit of experience now as well. Good goalkeeper. You know, the back fours are a decent back four, isn't it? You know, you just look you just look at it and it's it's a it's a solid Premier League team, um, but they're not unbeatable by any stretch of the imagination. We know that they signed Ayuzi Perez for thirty million pounds, but we all know that he's not. He's not that hot, is he? He's not that good. Um, so you know they're not they're not unbeatable. Uh, I mean, who is the key man for you that Newcastle have to stop? Uh, obviously, Jim, Jimmy Vardy's in a kind of a new. He's found yeah. some form, not involved with England. That's probably benefited him. But Jordan Blackwell from the Leicestershire Live said, you know, if Newcastle can can defend like they have done it against Leicester previously, then he's not actually the biggest threat in that kind of scenario. But obviously, many people would then go Madison. Looks like he's going to yeah. be out injured. So, is anyone else that sticks in your your mind as someone that Newcastle well, I think need to I, keep quiet? I think I look at Vardy and and I, and I know that he he's done really well against Newcastle in in at St James's Park um, because they've managed to sort of spring, you know, spring Newcastle, uh, spring Newcastle's defence at, at at times when they come to St James's Park. I mean, I don't really look at Leicester as a as a team full of danger, man. I look at them as a team that you know that, that Newcastle just have to. If they play like they did the last time, they will pin. They will pin Leicester back. They're not that good. They don't have players from who are going to hurt you from all over the pitch. They're not. You know, it's not. It's not a team that is full of fantastic individuals. I mean, I don't know whether Perez is going to play, but I tell you what, he didn't look particularly great against Newcastle when when they came to St James's Park. So 
not too worried about not too worried about him. Um, so I, you know, I'm, I'm you know I'm loath to go down the kind of route, route of looking at danger men, looking at players who are going to necessarily pick pick the lot with Newcastle. Cause I don't think they've got too many uh, who could who. I mean, we've seen Spurs didn't Spurs struggle to do that against Newcastle. When Newcastle defend well, um, they are difficult to beat. Liverpool couldn't do it. I mean, it was really just a case of a couple of mistakes really did for Newcastle that day. And then obviously when Firmino came on, he's in such good form that he managed to kind of pick the lock there. But um, but I think it's about Newcastle. I think it's about what Newcastle do on Saturday and on Sunday, sorry, and whether they can defend as well as they did under Rafa. Um, because we've seen that, you know, they do have pace on the counter. Um, if they've got some maximum fit, if Atsu plays like he did against Spurs rather than against Brighton, they can cause some problems. Um, I'm not 100% confident that they will, but I do think that they, I do think, you know, that Newcastle shouldn't see this as an unwinnable fixture. So is that the key then, Newcastle, and just need to defend yeah. well and then just be a bit more clinical in front of goal? Yeah, I mean, it's a harder fixture than it was for Rafa last season because they're a better team. Um, because they've developed a little bit, they've, they've, they're playing a little bit differently. Um, but it's a great, it's great news that Madison's not playing because he's a, he's a danger not just from um, not just from open play, but he's a danger from set pieces as well. Um, but yeah, I think it is about Newcastle. I think you know if they if they have a tactical plan, and they've got carried away. It was exactly what happened under McLaren. They got carried away with thinking that, that Newcastle need to play a certain way. Um, really, a, a coach who would have come under a little less pressure would have maybe been a little bit more gradual about how things about how things would change but I think I understand why Steve Bruce did it he wanted to be on Saturday on Saturday in particular I think he wanted to be decisive he said look our big problem has been at home we haven't pressed teams we haven't managed to set the tone against teams so he thought right I'll set a team up to try and take the game to Brighton um, and quickly I think he realised that they couldn't do it um, and that means to me that maybe on, on Sunday it will be back to a little bit more of the comfort blanket. Um, but it, that's Newcastle at the moment. You know, they, they are still a little bit lacking in certain areas. Just finally for myself then, score prediction? I, I, I sort of would say I would fa- I would favour a Leicester win because they're a good team and they've beaten some good teams at home. But I think Newcastle could, could get something out of it. I, I, I would probably say a kind of Leicester 2-1 would be where I would maybe put my money if I was going to put money just based on the form of the two teams. But I could see I could see Newcastle getting something out of it. A one all, you know, they've they've been to some of the places like that. They're quite good with their backs up against the wall, Newcastle. Um, and if they do have one or two players back, if if some maximum plays and starts and his hamstrings okay, which is you know I'm hearing he's about fifty fifty at the moment, uh, whether he will play on Saturday on on Sunday, sorry. Then I could see them getting a, getting a, getting something out of it, getting a draw or something, and, and they could always go there and nick it because, you know, then they're, they're not as bad. What's tending to happen this season, I think, is they're not as bad as the worst. So they're not as bad as the kind of the four, the three one against Norwich. They're not as bad as the first half against Brighton, but they're also not as good as the win against Spurs or the. Um, you know, the first 20 minutes against Liverpool or even the last 20 minutes against Brighton because we forget now, but actually they played pretty well in the last 20 minutes. They, they, you know, Brighton were hanging on at the end. Newcastle should have, should have scored really. And they did have some good chances against Brighton as well. So, you know, as much as I am, you know, a little bit deflated by what's happened in the last seven days, it's probably not all doom and gloom in terms of the performance. If you take the, the first 60 minutes on Saturday, they didn't look like a Premier League team at all. They looked like a team destined to go down. But the last 20 minutes, um, 
you know the last twenty minutes they were they were they were better, um, and you know they've always got Carroll coming off the bench. If Longstaff comes back in, uh, you know what I would do? I would pick. I would put Key in on um, on uh, Sunday, and I would look to put Key in against Man United as well um, because he looked quite good when he came on. Um, Shelby, I really, you know, just a just a puzzle really. What's gone on there? Um, big chance for him on on Saturday. He just didn't do it at all. You know, looked cumbersome. A couple of times he picked a good pass, but then Key came on and and played the better pass, more you know, more efficient pass. And I think there was a couple of times on uh, when he came on Key that he looked he looked like he he got more of an idea of how to unlock a team than than others. And of course, if Key's playing a ball onto a uh, you know player running onto it, so an Almiron if he plays or a St Maximum, then uh, then Newcastle can cause problems. Um, but um, but yeah, I, I I don't think it's the the kind of you know the desperate situ- situation that maybe I felt it was against Liverpool. I knew they weren't going to win against Liverpool. I knew they'd lose. I knew they could shit three goals. I knew they they weren't going to win that game. But I don't necessarily feel like that against Leicester. I feel like they have got a chance. Um, they need they need a win from these two games to kind of stay par. I think eight points from the first um, eight games would be okay. Not nothing to write home again, but eight points would be okay. They've now got um, they've got five, haven't they? So they need a win from the next from one of the next two. It's doable. They're not they're not you know they're not that bad, and the teams they're playing aren't that good. But equally, you know, if they play anywhere like they did in the first half against Brighton, they'll get they'll get shellacked against both teams. Now joined by Lee Ryder, he'll be heading down to the King Power on Sunday. First of all, Lee, on paper, it looks like a game Newcastle don't really stand a chance in. But we said that against Spurs, and you know they did. Well, they got three points. We said that against Liverpool, they took the lead. So I guess you never know in football. But what's your 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 gut telling you? I just think with this game, you know, last season. Newcastle did well here, got the win. Season before, got the win. Um, but there was a lot of preparation went in those two victories. Um, look, I'm not writing Newcastle off at all uh, because I think that they've, they've came up with, even though they haven't played well, even though there's been questions about the tactics, they're churning out points, they're spluttering them out at the minute. You know, they've got five points on the board. Uh, could be a lot worse. Um, could be a lot better, of course. Uh, the two home games... Where they dropped four points against Brighton and Watford, that's prob- that is why they're under a bit of pressure at the minute. But at the end of the day, you know, you wouldn't put it past them to go to Leicester and, and emerge with at least something from it. It will be a tough test, but um, I expect Steve Bruce to, uh, you know, at least have them. He seems to be able to get them kind of shaken up a bit in the dressing room. Although we didn't see that in the first half against Brighton, you certainly seen it in the second. Um, and you know the players he's certainly not the type of manager you would want to cross because he, you know he will make his feelings known in very uh, clear terms a few you know reports about maybe changes of formation do you foresee that happening on Sunday do you think he will maybe go four at the back maybe put in a, in a defensive midfield and a holding position um, or do you think he'll just stick to how it is well, they changed formation three times against yeah. Brighton, so I think there's a, you know, at the minute it's trial and error. It's a new manager coming in. Um, it's players adjusting after three years of Rafa Benitez. You know, the, 
they came in late in pre-season. They've got a lot of new players on board. I think at the, at the minute, it, you know, they are going to have to keep, you know, unturning stones. And this game, they'll probably go there with a the defensive mentality. There's no doubt about it. But if they can hit hit Leicester on the break, um, you know, Leicester have had a game this week against Luton in the cup. You know, obviously Newcastle would would love to be in that position as well, still be in the cup. Um, but the reality is, is that Newcastle going this game, and you know they have got a fighting chance. There's no doubt about it. Um, Miggy Almiron, do we think he will be rested? I've got Mark's opinion there. Um, he thinks there's a chance. Obviously, reports saying that Bruce Sears is considering it. Would you drop him to the bench? Well, who, the, well, the question would be, who would you bring in? So, you know, Andy Carroll isn't ready to start, so you can't bring him in. Um, do you give Muto a chance from from the from the start of the game? It's a hard hard one to call, really. Uh, does Muto give you exactly the same as what Almiron does? I don't think he does because you know Almiron's got that explosive pace. Um, you know he's getting in the positions, he's getting he's creating chances, but just that moment where he needs that little bit of composure to take a touch maybe um, when it matters, and then you know get his shot away. It, didn't happen against Brighton. Um, hit it straight at the goalkeeper. If he'd taken a little bit more, little more, little bit more time and care, then you know he, we, the goal drought could be history now. But as it is, we're going in this game and suddenly there's pressure. I don't. I mean, this this report has come out, and you just wonder if it is potentially uh, Steve Bruce, arguably, you know, putting the feelers out, and you know they. Yes, he can flex his muscle. He can, you know, axe players if he needs to. But the reality is, does he have anyone better to come in and do a better job? And for me, as it stands, unless Dwight Gill suddenly emerges as fit, then he hasn't. Um, you mentioned Annie Carroll there. Came off the bench, you know, arguably, well, no argument about it. It was the moment mm. of the game against Brighton. You know, the fans that did... Uh, turn up, loved seeing Carroll back in a black and white strip. Um, you understand any? You know, there's there's no after effects of him coming off the bench. No, completely fine from what I've been told. Um, Andy Carroll just looking at this game to hopefully top up top up his minutes. Yeah, he got ten to fifteen minutes in the end, didn't he, against uh, Brighton? So if he can, you know, add to that, get twenty twenty plus minutes at, at Leicester. Depend on the circumstance, of course, but with someone like Andy Carroll, there's never a bad time to to bring him on because he gives you something. He gives you another unit defensively as well. He was only on the pitch, you know, two or three minutes, and he was getting back and winning headers. And he's just such a powerful unit to have. And then you know, when you're defending set players, and they are going to be under pressure against Leicester, um, he is certainly someone you would want to throw in there with your defenders. So he gives you a bit more than just a cutting edge up front. But what we've got, and we're probably all a bit guilty of this, really, that we can't put too much pressure on just Andy Carroll um, because then the day he's been out for a long time. He's had serious injury issues. Um, you know, surgery had to get that redone. Um, but you look at it realistically now, where do we go from here? I think give him the extra minutes against Leicester... Um, and then, and then see, you know where he is for that Man United game because that could be a, a crucial part. Uh, two other injuries which Newcastle fans will have hoped have healed up. We've got Alan to Maxman 
uh, pulled up slightly. Obviously, he, he's returned. He then had a bit of a cameo appearance. Again, excited fans. Mm. Um, but a bit of worry over uh, his armstring. I mean, him, is he going to be back, do you think? Well, I think Steve Bruce said after the game, didn't he? He said it wasn't an impact injury, so you know, it should be okay. The only, the only reason that they would potentially pull him out is you know, if they were completely wrapping him in cotton wool for that Man United game where they are, you know, you would like him fit and firing for that one. So we'll have to wait and see. Um, you know, on his day, when he's fully fit, he's going to be an asset to Newcastle United. Um, and they've just got to get him in, in the right place because uh, we haven't seen it so far. And Sean Longstaff, obviously if he is fit uh, for Sunday, then provides maybe the answer to the John Joe Shelby debate. I'll get your view on that in a moment, but on Sean Longstaff, are you expecting him to be in the squad at least for Sunday? Well, touch and go, because obviously he's got another few days of training, but uh, you know if he gets through that, then I would certainly say he'll be probably back in the starting lineup because uh, Newcastle have missed him um, in the last game, definitely. Uh, they didn't have that energy in midfield. I mean, for me, going in this game, you know, you mentioned John Joe Shelby there. You know, Matty Longstaff could be a candidate to throw in there as well because he, he would give you that, um, you know, that industry in midfield that, you know, Newcastle have, have lost. And, you know, he's a threat going forward as well, as we've seen in that friendly against St. Etienne. Um, scored a wonderful goal. Um, not as easy in the Premier League, but certainly, you know, someone who, you know, he's, he is in and around it now. You know, he was in the squad on Saturday, didn't make the bench. But, you know, there's no time like the present to uh, get him involved. Of course, played well against Leicester in the League Cup uh, last month. We'll finish on the John Joe Shelby debate. On paper, Brighton should have been the perfect game for him. In reality, Newcastle looked like the away side. They had to defend for their lives really in that first half. And Shelby just didn't look comfortable you would say that that probably would be the, the case on Sunday when you've got a team like Leicester who's going to attack. And, I mean, on paper, again, it, it doesn't look like the right game for Shelby, but I suppose if Longstaff isn't fit, do you give him another chance or do you or do you give it to Key, who arguably looks, you know, decent enough when he came in? I mean, Shelby, we're just waiting for his season to sort of catch fire almost, aren't we? Um Sean Longstaff being out was his opportunity to come in. Hasn't really done it. I mean, he's tried a couple of spectacular attempts at goal from the halfway line at Anfield. Didn't quite happen. Uh, he had a great, you know, great effort against Brighton as well, but didn't come off. So it's it's one of them where we're, is it going to work for John Joe Shelby at Newcastle? Um, you know, this player that you know came on the scene, he was pinging balls around left, right, and centre. At the start of his Newcastle career, what haven't seen that? We haven't seen enough of that. Um, he's certainly got the ability, but just you know, I think even he knew against Brighton it wasn't his best game. So if he was uh, to be axed at Leicester, uh, I don't think he can have any complaints. Just to finish, then um, your score prediction. Score prediction down there. I, I mean, I, I you know, I'm, for some reason, I just think Newcastle are going to dig in, um, and I, I think the cable again draw. I think it could be one-one. Well, there you have it. Thank you very much for joining us. This has been the Everything is Black and White podcast. Please head over to chroniclelive.co.uk to keep up with all the latest Newcastle United news. Mm-hmm.